This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 28th, 2022. Warped, the devil made me do it. Good morning. Today we conclude our series, uh, Warped. We've been looking at some um, often used expressions, expressions that perhaps seem biblical, but upon further examination we realize that there's something warped about them. This morning we're going to look at the devil made me do it. So good morning again, Connection. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, it is a privilege to stand before this congregation, Connection Church, here and online. We humbly submit ourselves to you. May our words be what you would want, and we just pray all this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. The devil made me do it. Have you ever heard of that statement? Yes, the devil made me do it. Why is that warped? Well, let's start at the beginning. Is the devil real? For some, the devil might be a metaphor. For some, a concept of that which is contrary to God. Something to blame someone or something on. Concept or metaphor. We believe quite the opposite. We believe that Satan is very real. Very much alive very much a part of the world we live in. It's interesting because this is the second time that my voice is going while I'm speaking of this. This is very interesting, I must say. I don't think the devil made you. No, it's just a tickle in my throat. So we believe that the devil does everything in the devil's power to bring us down. John 10.10 shares the devil's mission to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's relentless about that. Mm. So Luke chapter 4, that's the third uh, book of the New Testament, one of the books that talks about Jesus, what he did, what he said. Luke chapter 4 shows what we're talking about here. In Luke chapter 4, we find the story of Jesus tempted by the devil. A real-life encounter of the Son of God coming face-to-face with the Prince of Darkness. No metaphor here. Reality. So real that it's not just reported in Luke, but Matthew and Mark also report this. All three versions. All three versions. What's interesting, it immediately follows Jesus being baptized by his cousin John. Jesus coming up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descending on him in a bodily form of a dove, and a voice from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Wow. Can you imagine that? What what an incredible moment. But then immediately, immediately, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, is led by that same Spirit into the wilderness, into the desert, for where he spends 40 days being tempted by the devil. What kind of timing is that? 
oh my goodness, just to dwell here for a moment, the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus, filling him, the Father expresses gratitude, his beloved what a high point. Can you imagine a higher point? No, it is such a high point. Doesn't get any better than this. And then the devil makes his move. You know, the devil hits us when we're down. That is true. But apparently he hits us when we're up as well. We have to be on guard. Ephesians 6, about putting on the armor of God. We must be on guard, on the lookout at all times and in all places because the devil knows no boundaries and will stop at nothing. Do you ever notice when you read a Bible passage you've read before that you get something new each time? You know, there's something that the Holy Spirit will bring to your attention. That happened here when I was reading this. Um, because I've read this passage many times, very familiar with the story, and I knew Jesus was in the desert 40 days, but I hadn't really, I maybe knew it, but I hadn't really focused on that he'd been tempted the whole 40 days. Devil's been working on him constantly for 40, can you imagine, he, he, well, he, he, he's uh, fasting for 40 days, anybody here ever fasted for 40 days? And by fasted for four days. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Can you imagine not only fasting for four, but the whole time the devil tempting you over and over and over. That, that's got to be a heck of a challenge. 40 days, 40 days, 40 days. And then at the end of it, that's not the end, but it's only the beginning. Because we're told it was at, at that time at the end of the 40 days that we get to see, we get to see the devil in action. We didn't see what he was doing for the 40 days, but at the 40-day point, Jesus has a need for 40 days, and Satan then continues. He continues. Jesus has been fasting. He's famished. He's starving. Perfect entry point for Satan to make his move, and that's how he operates. It's important to take notice that he operates most of the time when we are H-A-L-T, halt. When we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, and I'm going to throw in ill also. When we are vulnerable, when we're weak, when we're at that point, that's when he most likely will attack. That's when he's going to try to get our attention. And those, that, that's what happened here. Jesus has been out there 40 days, hasn't had a bite to eat, a little bit hungry, don't you think? Imagine he's tired. He's been battling the Satan for 40 days. And I think maybe he even is a little bit lonely. I think his human side might be lonely out there. And Satan visits. <coughs> and what's he do? He suggests, why don't you take one of those stones? Because it, it kind of looks like a loaf, doesn't it? Why don't you take a stone and turn it into bread? I mean, you've got the power. You've got the power. Why not make it happen? Why not? Luke chapter 4, verse 3. If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Well, not as only as Satan suggesting that Jesus satisfy his hunger by turning the stone into bread, but also that he proves that he is the Son of God. Did you hear that? I said, if, that's what Satan says, if 
you are the son of God. And so the devil is challenging Jesus on a couple levels here, offering the possibility that maybe he isn't, and prove it. Prove his credentials. Satan is so cunning and sneaky. But Jesus chooses not to take the bait, not to take the devil up on his offer. He chooses not to give in to temptation, not to satisfy his hunger in this fashion, not to prove he is the son of God. Instead, he chooses to use scripture as support. And so he quotes Deuteronomy, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, when he says, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the scripture tells us that the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Mm. In another of the gospel stories, John, John chapter 12, verse 31, we're told that Satan is the ruler of this world. Now, that doesn't mean he has complete authority because God is sovereign, but he has allowed him to operate in this world within the boundaries that God has set. God's still in control. And so, so, he, so um, the devil tells Jesus to worship him, the devil, and all this will be his. Again, Jesus simply refers to the Scripture. Again, uh, Deuteronomy, in this case, chapter 6, verse 13, when he says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Finally, the devil takes Jesus to Jerusalem and places him on the pinnacle, the high point of the temple. Now, the pinnacle was a platform, and it's where it was a vantage point for Jewish priests. They would go up there and blow a loud horn so that the people would be reminded to pray. It was really high up. In fact, over 160 feet, which is more than 15 stories. So that would be quite an entrance for Jesus if he was up there. And listen to what is in this scripture. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple. And here's what he said to him. If, there we are again, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down. Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. That would be quite a show. That would be a great entrance, don't you think? Kind of like one of those superheroes, right, Barry? That's what he's talking about between services. That'd be awesome. But he doesn't take that. Instead, he once again refers to Scripture in response to the devilish offer. 
Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him, don't forget this last part, until an opportune time. He's not done. Until an opportune time. So we see here in Luke chapter 4 that Satan approaches Jesus three times. That number three is interesting, isn't it? Three times. Trying to get him, Jesus, to misuse his power to worship other than God. And each, in each instance, what is Jesus' armor? How does Jesus react? He quotes scripture. He quotes the truth of God to refute Satan and anything that Satan is offering. Mm -hmm. So if Satan is willing to tempt Jesus, you know he's willing to tempt you and me. And don't be mistaken, the devil is powerful. More powerful than any of us on our own. If we attempt to take him on on our own, we've got problems. But he's not as powerful as Jesus Christ. Powerful, but not that powerful. Deceitful. Scripture tells us he is the father of lies. He'll do anything to draw us in. So don't think for a second he's your friend. He's your buddy. He's not. He's the enemy enemy. His sole mission is to destroy your life and my life. And he'll use any means at his disposal to try to carry out his mission. So it feels a little heavy in here right now. We're going to turn the corner. So stay with us. We do want to say that this is like really big stuff. It's important to address and our theme, the devil made me do it. It's not true. The devil can't make us do anything. We are not, we're not puppets for the devil. The devil cannot make us do anything. Now, we are not talking about the stories in scripture where we find some demon-possessed people, and we've actually seen that before that that's for another time we're talking about everyday life where we make bad choices and think the devil made me do that it's not what we're talking about the other let me ask you a question have you ever um let's say made a bad choice and you don't even know where it came from it's like foreign to you it's like why did I do that? You ever have one of those? Or it's just me? Can I hear an amen from some who've done that? Okay. And you kind of like say, I guess the devil made me do it, right? Because it's like from out here. i give you an example. When I was uh, from the age of about 17 to my mid-30s, I was a smoker, you know? I tried to quit several times, and I just, you know, it had me, you know? I, I had that craving, and, and, um, and it was bad. I mean, I... I I was a youth group leader. Sometimes I would smoke where the kids in my presence. It was horrible. So, um, and so uh, finally, uh, I gave it up several times, and finally the Lord took away that craving. If you're a smoker, you know what I mean. It's that, you know, it's an addiction. And, and he took that away, 
and I let cigarettes go for good. You know, I was done for good. And then one day, I was 6 o'clock in the morning. That's pretty early, isn't it? I was driving to seminary on Route 50. There's a little quick stop there. I still can't tell you why. I pulled in and I bought a pack of cigars. Why would I do that? I don't even like cigars. But they weren't cigarettes, you know. So maybe I could just smoke one and get a more, you know. Yeah, just one. Two, three. You know, I smoked cigars for about a year and a half after that. Until my daughter, my oldest daughter, Erin, has, um, she's uh, allergic to smoke, such that she doesn't even have to smell it. She knows it's there even if she can't smell it. And, and Carrie says, so I guess you love smoking more than you love your daughter, Erin. <laughs> Stab and port salt in it. You know, I could have said, well, you know, the devil made me. I mean, I still don't know why I pulled into that quick stop. I mean, it makes no sense. The devil made me do it. That's not true. I did it. I chose to do it. It was a bad choice. And for a year and a half, I paid for that choice. Thank goodness the Lord took that craving away. And gosh, how long ago was that? A lot. Uh, 25, 6, 7, 8 years ago. Thank the Lord. That's the end and never again. But, you know, the devil didn't make me do that. I just made a really bad choice, didn't I? Yeah. So Alan talked about smoking, and um, I, I never want to share this, but I've been prompted to today. A lot of you know, if you've been around, that um, I've shared over the, the past few years that I have an addiction history, and I'm four and a half years free of that today. Um, thank you. The devil didn't make me do any of that. First of all, it's a sickness, it's an illness, and it's part of my familial makeup. You know, I sort of earned it from people who bore me. But my choices um, to walk in through the door of some drinking that I always said, no, 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 because I knew and then I just started dabbling and thought I was exempt and thought, no way. I mean, when I'm telling you I avoided it for 60 years, that's what I did. 60 years. Now, y'all think, oh, she's not 60. Yes, I am, y'all. But anyway, <laughs> I'm over that. But, you know, there's just a pull when you start. And um, so I had the pull. And it lasted for a couple months. And it was at night when I couldn't shut my brain off. I couldn't sleep well. I couldn't. It had nothing to do with daytime. It had nothing to do with partying. It was complete stress. And it's the way I took care of myself. The devil didn't make me do that. It is an illness. But one day I had to look in the mirror and say, no more. 
no more, and in my weakness. See, that's when Satan like makes us vulnerable and dangles something really sweet in front of us. So he didn't make me pick that up, but he did hit me when I was weak repeatedly. And um, it's the same when we're weak with, it could be any substance, it could be pornography, it could be gambling, it could be excessive, you know, whatever we do on our phone, gaming, I don't know. But when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, sick, whatever, we get ourselves in these weak places and Satan likes to capitalize on that. Again, to be clear, he doesn't make us, but he knows our weaknesses. And we need to be on alert. And every day, it's important to wake up and put the armor of God on. That's in Ephesians 6. Read that. The armor of God. Because Satan can make some things look very enticing to for fun or to help you check out or whatever it is. And um, it's the power of God. The power of Christ is greater, greater, greater. I felt like such a fraud standing before you for a couple months, preaching the word of God and having this little secret life over here. And I've repented of it and I'm sorry, but the power of God is greater. So Saint doesn't have a hold on us. I hate when I have to tell this story. Say, so makes things look very attractive, doesn't he? Yeah. <sighs> Who here has ever heard of Little Richard? I have a couple, yeah. I know some young guys. Who? What are you talking about? So for you, us old guys, you know, Little Richard, he didn't talk about the devil with the horns and the pitchfork, did he? He talked about the devil with the blue dress on, didn't he? Yeah, there you go. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Satan dressed things up real nice and pretty. Even things like smoking that's going to destroy your lungs. Even things like drinking that's going to destroy your, uh, everything. But yeah, it makes him look real pretty. He can put a nice big bow on it. <laughs> I got something for you. Why not try it? Yeah. So my small group oh, I'm sorry. is, we're not, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were. I took a pause. I'm sorry. You took a pause. No matter how attractive the devil is, he can't make you do anything. He'll try. He'll work overtime. And it will be tempting. Very tempting. But we always have a choice. We always have the choice to say no. We always have the choice to turn to the Holy Spirit for strength, to fight whatever it is Satan is offering. We always have the choice, as Jesus did, to turn to Scripture for the words we need to combat the temptations we face. My small group is studying the book Winning the War of Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. We recommend it so much because it talks about the different um, ruts that we put ourselves in over a lot of our live and lives and how we need to dig new trenches, like actually 
you know, rewire or reframe. It's such good stuff. Anyway, he says, Craig Rochelle says, if Satan's primary weapon is lies, then our greatest counterweapon is the truth of God's word. Yes. So what scriptures do you go to when you're feeling hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed, you name it, weak? What are the scriptures you go to? If you don't have them, we suggest that you, you can do it on your phone, look on the Bible on your phone or find a Bible and find a scripture or two or three that are your go-to scriptures because that will give you strength. All we have to do when we're feeling weak, when I don't even know what else to say, when I don't have a scripture that comes to mind and I'm feeling like, oh no, all you need to say is the name of Jesus. Just say Jesus, 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 and the devil will flee. Has no hold on you. Philippians 4.13, here's one for you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How about Matthew 5.6? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. James James says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So in my office, I have some of my go-to scriptures. There's three of them. First one is Exodus 14, 14. I will fight for you, says the Lord. You only need to be still. The next one right in front of my face is with God. All things are possible. And then the one over here is in Philippians. Uh, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent. Think of those things and the peace of God will cover you. Those are the kinds of things when you're feeling this or that, just find a scripture and start. It just needs to be automatic, like this automatic it comes in. And if you don't know what to say, just say the name of Jesus, because that name is more powerful than any other name ever. We encourage you to get your go-to scripture or two or three to be armed and ready. Jesus countered the devil with scripture, and that's our primary weapon as well. Another thing you can do is redirect or reframe your thinking. You never notice when you get tempted, you get focused and you get more focused and more focused. It's like you're in a rut that you can't dig out of. Yeah, so you can redirect what are you're doing, whatever you're thinking. So go for a drive, go for a bike ride, go for a walk. If there's no other choice, go for a run, you know? I'm just kidding. Um, you could phone a friend. You could visit a shut-in. Heck, that would be, then you'd be doing double duty, reframing, and you're doing something good there. You could, you could go out and come over to the church and pull some weeds, you know? You could dust the house. You could do, but just change your thinking. Get in a new direction. Get out of that rut. Stop focusing on what is tempting you and think about something. Think about Jesus. Hello. Change directions. So we have choices, and sometimes we choose poorly. And when that happens, it's important to not blame anybody else, just ourselves. And we certainly should not say, the devil made me do it, because that's a lie. That's a lie. Jesus is more powerful. Because when we say the devil made me do it, it is, it is as if we are powerless and we're forced and Satan does not have that hold on us like that. 
when we mess up, it is important to admit, confess, repent, and then move on because Satan wants to keep us in the dark place and Satan wants us to stay in that place where you're not good enough, you're not worthy, I don't love you, and that, that's just lies, absolute lies because in a relationship with Christ, we are forgiven and we are free. So let's face it, there's only one who is perfect, right? Jesus Christ. Because of that perfection, he's in a position to give his life for you and to me, for pay the price for our sins, your sins, my sin, a price too great for any of us to pay. Christ pays the price, we reap the benefit. He died, spent three days in the grave so that we can die and spend eternity with him. Not a bad deal, you think? <laughs> Scripture tells us we all fall, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us. And, and, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wow, so sin, and you, does that mean we're supposed to keep on sinning so that we can keep being forgiven? No. Paul makes that clear, that we don't keep on going poor. In fact, the ever closer we get to God, the, the, the closer we get, the, the less we will sin, the, the more we will uh, reflect the person that God intended when God first thought of us. Yeah. Make better choices, better choices, better choices. Seeking the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. Imitating Christ, being more and more like him, getting ever closer to God the Father. The thing to remember is we all have a choice. We have a choice. And we can't say the devil made us do it. He didn't. We choose. And the question is, what is your choice going to be? What are you going to choose? Let's pray. Most holy God, sometimes we, we choose poorly. Sometimes we, we choose that attractive uh, 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 thing the devil offers, even though we most times know what's wrong. We know we shouldn't, but we choose anyway. And we just seek you, Lord. Please give us the strength. Please give us the courage to make wise choices. Please help us to get ever closer to you, to being the person that you intended when you first thought of us. Please guide us. Please fill us with your Holy Spirit. Please help us to turn from uh, that which seems attractive but is actually fatal. Please help us to ever turn to you, to your word, to Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Please help us to be holy and faithful. We ask these things in your name, in the name of the Son, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All those gathered here this morning said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 
1-800-227-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.